All right. Good to see some new faces here, and all of you are awake and ready to take on another day. And I know we are having a lot of fun here, hanging out, doing all kinds of wild things, even some gross things. Um, but we want to take a few moments to also have some serious um, reflection, too, and that's my job, to uh, take us through some passages of God's Word and help us to see how it can come alive and spark a flame in, in our life. Uh, this weekend we've been talking about an extreme makeover on me, and our image of the sheep is to help us to visualize the kind of person that we want to become, one who is easily swayed or led by the voice of God. We, we've talked about the extreme makeover that begins with a renovation of our heart, the command center of our being, um, the very core of who we are that helps us feel, that helps us make decisions, that helps us find the things that we like and the things that we don't like, and motivates us and moves us to uh, live a life uh, that we live. And hopefully that would be directed more and more towards God, and today we want to uh, look more into that. Okay, our slides are okay? All right. So we, we first looked at the renovation of the heart, and then last night we looked at some stories of people whose hearts were changed because they encountered God in a uh, very special way. Um, the the lady who who um, who realized how much he, she, she had sinned against God because of her lifestyle. And as she realized how much she was forgiven, that motivated a deeper and genuine love uh, to walk with God and to renew her life. Uh, this morning, we want... So as we have had, had our hearts change, and we looked at the examples of some others that have had their hearts change, today we want to move towards the reveal so as we look at the different extreme makeover shows, they usually have a before and after and the reveal of how life can uh, really be different, how life can really look. And I want to take, take you through just a few passages today and give you a framework to, to look at the life you were meant to live. And that's the reveal uh, we want to talk about this morning. It's, it's, it's actually a very simple thought. We're just looking to look at a few words of Jesus, and then I'll give you a list of five things that you can uh, begin discovering in your own life uh, today during your cabin time and your quiet time and um, your group time just to reflect on this and share about what God seems to be doing in your life. This is a wonderful time in your life uh, in junior high and middle, middle high, uh, junior high and high school to just try a lot of things. You, you've got a lot of support around you in this community and in your family to try a lot of things and discover who God has made you to be and, and take, take that head start to uh, really living a life that would be meaningful for yourself but also meaningful for the kingdom of God. So before we did jump into the scripture, let me open a word of prayer and allow God to uh, open our eyes to what he has to say. Father God, thank you for all that you've given us, uh, all of life, uh, the breath of life, and 
most certainly our Lord Jesus Christ, uh, whom we honor, whom we worship, whom we want to recognize as not only Savior, but Lord. Help us to know what that means. Uh, we hear people talk of loving him. We hear people singing praises to him. We've perhaps seen movies and heard the stories of the life of Christ. And we know he's a wonderful teacher. He lived a blameless life uh, so perfectly. And sometimes we wonder, well, how, how can we really get to know him? How can we follow him? So this morning, we want to focus upon Christ and his words and, and how he explains what life is all about. And I pray that as wherever we are in our lives, that we can take that next step to following Christ. Help us to be one that is easily swayed and easily led by him. Uh, use use the word, few words that I may share. Uh, may they be helpful by your spirit, by your power. In Jesus' name, amen. A young lawyer one day came, came up to Jesus. And he's well studied, not just in the law of the land, but also the law of God's word. Being a good Jew, a good Hebrew, he studied the scriptures, perhaps memorized it, very able in terms of obeying the law. And he hears of this new teacher in the land named Jesus of Nazareth, and he puts him to the test. Almost as a trial lawyer stepping up to Jesus, and Jesus is on the witness stand, and he, he asks Ask him, what what is it to what is it to follow God? What is it to live a life that is obedient to God? How how can I have eternal life? Well, in the in the account of the Gospel of Mark, we're going to look at a few verses to hear what Jesus has to say. Now, many of you have grown up in church. You've heard a lot of Bible stories. Perhaps you've memorized verses. You, you know a lot of the church answers. And when you're asked spiritual questions, you can very quickly and very easily answer those questions just like a quiz or a test at school because you've studied it. You, you know it in your head, and it's easy to spout off. When the questions of life come at you, sometimes you will not be able to just answer so quickly. And you need to deepen your roots and to understand and make it a part of your life. Well, Jesus was fully God and fully man, and the way he answered the question was like this. Mark chapter 12, verses 29 to 31. What's the greatest commandment? How do you have eternal life? Jesus answered it this way. The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this. 
Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. Looking at all kinds of different Bible studies and devotions and stories and theologies can be sometimes rather confusing. I'll be honest with you. There's a lot of different ideas and perspectives swimming around. And I find these words of Jesus to be tremendously helpful because he comes to the bottom line. The bottom line is this. To love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. What's the one thing that really matters in life? What's the one thing that really matters when you have to stand before God and answer for what you've done with your life? What's the one thing that you need to have settled in your own heart when, when you lay your head down to sleep and you wonder, what, was this day worth it? Did I live it to the full extent that God gave me breath for? This, this is how Jesus would answer it. Love the God, Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. We've been talking about heart for the past day. The heart is the inner person, the very soul of your being, the way you make your decisions, the way you find your preferences, your, your being, your personality. The soul refers to your physical life and your uh, breath. Animals have soul, but only people have heart and soul. And mind refers to our ideas, viewpoints, and perspectives. Uh, many, many of us are in school or at work, and we actively use our mind to think thoughts, to gather information, to dream of ideas and possibilities. We use our mind actively to engage with life, to serve, to work, to study, and to shape our hearts. And then strength refers to our abilities, talents, gifts, and physical power. Over the past day and a half, I've seen all of you exhibit a lot of energy. Uh, perhaps as we enter the second half of our retreat, you're kind of tapping into your reser reserves, but you're still tapping into strength because you've got a lot of heart, you've got a lot of soul, and you, you, you want to come alive, you want to use it. Well, this, this is what Jesus is referring to, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, with everything that you got. Live life to the full. The fun, fun parts of life and also the serious parts of life. All of life is yours to offer up to God. Offer up to God. And how, that's, how does that play out? Loving your neighbor as yourself. This, the second half of this commandment assumes that you already take care of yourself. And then as, as you take care of yourself, Yourself, you should do the same with your neighbor. The Bible talks, uh, 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 has a number of stories that talk about your neighbor. Who, who is your neighbor? It's the people around you. It's, it's the people around the world. And, and God, based on your shape, guides you to those neighbors that you shall serve and you shall love with your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Well, I want to borrow from a pastor that's 
uh, been helpful in my life and began to uh, help, help us discover what is the shape of how God can use us to love our neighbor as ourselves. So what is your shape? shape? Shape is an acronym, so each letter of the word shape stands for a diff- different dimension of your life. And your shape can help reveal what is that inner voice that God has put in your life? What is that dream, what is that seed of an idea that you should do with your life? In the five years I was in pastoral ministry, and as I hear other Bible teachers talk about the Scripture and how to apply it to our lives, one of the nagging questions that all of us have is what should we do with our life? Now, in an ideal world, I know we can just do retreat 24-7 and the rest of our life play, uh, play around at the campsite and maybe sit in front of the video game. But life is a bit more than that, and... So we, we do want to take some time to reflect, well, what can we do with our whole life, with uh, our work, with our family, with our school, uh, with everything that we're learning, with all the energy that we have? Well, SHAPE is a helpful acronym to help us see how God has created us. I'm going to read from Psalm 139, just, just as a contest for how God gives each of us a unique shape. Uh, From the Living Bible, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit them together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous, and how well I know it. You were there before I was being formed in utter seclusion. You saw me before I was born and scheduled each day of my life before I began to breathe. So God is our creator, and he is a creative creator. He's made each of us uniquely different, not only a difference of heartbeat, but difference in fingerprint, difference in the way we look, and different in the way that we're shaped. Now, what does shape stand for? Well, the letter S stands for spiritual gifts. In the New Testament, in Romans 8 and Ephesians 4, there are lists of spiritual gifts. Some some are called to be teachers, some are called to be evangelists, some are called to be prophets, some have the gift of leading, some have the gift of service, some have the gift of help. There are spiritual gifts that when we use them, they encourage other people and they teach other people and they help other people in a spiritual way. Spiritual gifts are a way we can serve within the body of Christ, within the community of other Christians. Spiritual gifts. God gave you spiritual gifts. Each of you have at least one. And within a large group like this, we have many different kinds of spiritual gifts that we can use to serve and be a blessing to one another. H stands for heart. We've been talking a lot about heart. Because it's at the center of your being. Well, in this context for shape, heart describes your motivation, desire, interest, and inclination. Heart refers to your passion. What is it that turns you on? What is it that excites you and energizes you and motivates you to do something? 
That's what we're talking about when we talk about heart. Each of you have a unique interest, whether it's for a particular people group or for a particular task, something that you love doing. I've enjoyed being a part of uh, your retreat this weekend just to sing worship songs, to see you play uh, with one another, to enjoy uh, this time away from family and school and to just enjoy Christian fellowship. It's a wonderful thing. You, you have a heart for one another and you're cultivating a heart for God. And it comes out as you uh, sing songs of worship and the musicians lead us in music. And our technicians in the back have made our audiovisual incredible. And I saw some of you in the back of the kitchen helping out. These are wonderful things. But as, as we find our unique emotional heartbeat, it motivates us to do even more than that. So that when we leave this place, in your schools, in your clubs, in your community, in your neighborhood, you have a place that God can lead you to serve, to work, to play. Your heart is, is the passion that drives you. Here's a couple of questions that may be helpful to discover your heart. What is it that breaks your heart? What is it that breaks your heart? The other question is, what is it, what is it that you think about all the time? When you wake, when you sleep, the thing that gets you up in the morning, what is that thing? These are good questions to think about once in a while. You may not have an answer right away, but these are great questions that help you discern and discover the voice of God and how God has created you and how you, you can live out of that. Because out of the heart flows the wellspring of life. That's what will energize you, and God gives you that. Well, the letter A stands for abilities. Not only has God given you spiritual gifts, God has also given you natural abilities. There are some things that you just naturally gravitate towards, and you enjoy doing, and you're good at doing. Sometimes you may not feel like you're the best at doing something, and that's where your friends and your uh, Christian community can help you Call out and affirm, hey, you've, you, you really do this well. You should develop that. You should do this more often. We need affirmation from one another to help us identify and discover and develop our abilities. S is for spiritual gifts. H is for heart. A is for abilities. Fourthly is the letter P. P is personality. P stands for personality. It's obvious that God did not use a cookie cutter to create people. He fashioned each person uniquely and distinctly and certainly with different personalities. Some of you are incredibly goofy. Some of you are incredibly serious. Some of you are quiet. Some of you are loud. Some of you get really antsy. Some of you are very patient. 
It takes all kinds of people to accomplish what God wants to do in this world. And he uses people like you and me with different personalities. And your personality affects how you use your gifts and how you use your abilities. All these are connected together and give you a roadmap to how you can live your life and how you can live in the Christian community. Lastly is the letter E, experience. E stands for experiences. According to Romans 8.28, God never wastes an experience. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. God's called you to a purpose. God's created you with a unique shape. And as we discover that, as we try different things, we find that... that this microphone is no longer working. I'm going to switch over to the other one. Oh, here we go. Very good. As we discover, and still discover, as we discover God's unique shape for us, then we can live out of that. We live out of that. We're the sheep that's led by the shepherd out of how God has created each of us. Experiences can include your educational experiences, your work experiences, your spiritual experiences, and even your painful experiences. All that you're experiencing in life, from childhood to middle school to high school to young adult, and even to older seasons of life, all of those experiences add up and give you wisdom and discernment to hear the voice of God. The voice of God is embedded in the very fabric and heart and soul of your being. And shape helps us to see that. Spiritual gifts, heart, abilities, personality, and experiences. So during, during some time today, take an inventory of yourself, perhaps within your small groups, and share with one another, what is your shape? And let us encourage each other, let's affirm where we see God has given you some talents, some gifts, some abilities, and use that in a great way. Now this shape is not for your own self-actualization. You are created by God for God's purpose. And as, as our verse from the words of Jesus t tells us, to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength in order to love your neighbor as yourself. That's how we use our shape. It's not so much to control ourselves, as our Eastern thought might be. It's not just to express ourselves, as our Western philosophy might tell us. But it is to offer yourself. Offer yourself for the kingdom of God. Offer yourself for the good of mankind. We are created not for ourselves. We are not our own. We are created to be a part of this world.
All of you have had, had algebra class by now? No? Not yet? Okay, math. All of you had math classes, right? Okay, math class. I'm going to say, say what I said in a different way. And this is from a pastor in New York City named Tim Keller. And he describes vocation this way. Vocation equals affinity plus ability plus opportunity. One of the things that I've wrestled with for a long time and I, I'm still working at, you know, by, by the grace of God, is this whole concept of vocation or calling or um, what's another word? Vocation, calling, what you're, what you're supposed to do, your ultimate contribution. And these three, three elements help uh, capture that. You know, affinity describes your interests, your motivations, your passions, your desires. What gets you excited? What gives you energy? There are certain things that energize you uniquely, individually, in a way that it doesn't do anything particular for other people. But there's a unique thing that you are energized by, and that's your affinity. Ability, those are things that you're good at. And the opportunity is based on where you live and the opportunity for you to do it. And you want kind of like a um, set in, in mathematics, they draw these circles that overlap. Okay, and you want to find the intersection where your affinity and ability and opportunity intersect. And that's the center of God's will, if you will. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and being. Use your abilities, affinity, and opportunity together for the service of God. Well, over the course of um, this summer, here, here's what I've been doing. Uh, I've been working two jobs, but for fun, I've started learning how to play Texas Hold'em poker. <laughs> and it's a, it's a fascinating game because uh, I love card games, regu regular card games, and um, th this is one of the epitome of card games because um, you, you, you get chips and then you get to... Uh, anticipate how other people have different hands and form their hands and it's become one of the most popular card games in in our times text hole and poker well there there are points um, part of the game is luck part of it is skill and the skill part is how you do the betting and how much you can raise raise the bet and have the other person put into the pot and so you can either bluff them or have a stronger hand and, and win well, there are certain times when you, you feel confident about your hand and you put in all your chips and you say, all in. I, I believe the cards that I have will win this pot. And you go all in and you look at the cards come out, the turn, the river, and there, there you go. And, and you win the pot. Or, or you lose the pot, <laughs> depending on your hand. But, but you, 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 have, you take that step of faith, and you say, here's all I have, and I'm going all in. 
going for it all. And I think it's a great metaphor for what we do with our lives, that we look at what we have, we look at the cards that God has dealt us, our, our spiritual gifts, our heart, the things that motivate us and turn us on and gives us energy to go after something, to do something, our abilities, our personality, and our experiences. And we take all of that and we say, I'm all in. I'm going after life. I'm going to live it with passion. I'm going to live it for God. Because, God, you have given me the breath of life. You have given me everything. And you have given me freedom. You have given me love. You have given everything that I need. So I'm going to live all out for you. I'm going all in for the kingdom of God. Go all in for the kingdom of God. You're free to do that. You don't have to listen to the voices of your family. You don't have to listen to the voices of even uh, people here. But you just need to hear the voice of God. The one who calls you, Jesus Christ. He says, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. This is your life. Live it to the glory of God. Let's close in prayer. Lord, thanks for this time. Thanks for your words. And thanks for for your invitation to life. That we can live it with great joy. We can live 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 it with great passion. And live it with everything that we have. Count me all in. And I invite my young friends here that they too would say, hey, I want to go all in too. I want to live this life with gusto, with passion, with everything that I have. To your glory and to your praise. In Jesus' name, amen.